How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Well, we're back. We're we're still live. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, I I got on the I got on the Twitter account for the first time in a very long time uh, earlier today as well. So both both things have not been very active recently, but we are back. We are back. So so that's good, I guess. If you listen, yeah. I mean, we, life gets in the way sometimes. Hopefully, people understand. But uh, no, we're still doing this. We still like doing this. Of course, it's just. The availability and the schedules lining up is becoming a little bit more difficult, it seems. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, making it happen. Uh, there's decent stuff to talk about today. Um, this has been a while. So uh, I guess we can just start with the main Batman-related news thing of the past week, which is uh, that Warner Brothers released the official synopsis for the Batman. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah, like a full, I mean, it's, it's not any information we didn't know already, but, Pretty general. Um, yeah. but still like a couple, it's like five or six paragraphs of a, uh, synopsis of the movie officially. Um, <clears throat> so just read a little bit of this as from Warner brothers pictures comes Matt Reeves, the Batman starring Robert Pattinson in the dual role of Gotham city's vigilante detective and his alter ego reclusive billionaire bruce wayne two years of stalking the streets as the uh, as batman striking fear into the hearts of criminals has led bruce wayne deep into the shadows of gotham city with only a few trusted allies alfred pennyworth uh, lieutenant james gordon amongst the city's corrupt uh, network of officials and high profile figures the lone vigilante has established himself as the sole embodiment of vengeance amongst his fellow citizens when a killer targets gotham's elite with a series of sadistic machinations, a trail of cryptic clues sends the world's greatest detective on an investigation into the underworld, where he encounters such characters as Selina Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. The Penguin, Carmine Falcone, and Edward Nashton, a.k.a. The Riddler. As the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans becomes clear, Batman must forge new relationships, unmask his culp- uh, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued Gotham City. Um, Ian, if there was a more perfect synopsis for a Batman movie, I, I don't think I can think of one. I was about to say, like, I, I feel like that could just apply to like an episode or, or like, the whole first season of like the animated series or something, and you just swap out some of the character names and obviously Bat, like Matt Reeves' name and. Yeah, that's that's pretty much perfect. <laughs> yeah, detective story, uh, you know, all yeah, everything sounds everything sounds great. Um, like like I said, th- there's been other than the fake Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves crap that was oh, being spewed. There's yes. been zero red flags, zero anything where it's like I don't know about that. Like, n- there's been none of that. Like, almost everything there's at least one or two things where you're like, I don't know. I don't know about that casting. Oh, I don't know about that choice. There's been none of that with this movie. None. No. Like every single thing is positive. Like it's, it's scary. <laughs> it is. Cause you're like, something has to go wrong. We have to get bitten somehow. It's just how cynical we've become as audience goers. But yeah. 
I'm really hoping that this just turns out to be like, oh, I forgot the good old days when you just got excited for a movie itself because of the filmmaking and, and just the quality of it, not what it sets up, not all the different themes it'll launch off of and all this other crap. It's like, no, I just want to be excited for a good movie. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it looks like we we will get that. Yep. Yeah. It Everything points to it. I do like that. It th- the only thing that I think, think and again this isn't like oh this is new or anything like that but i just like the fact that it literally lists james gordon as an as a trusted ally already yeah which i mean makes sense with this being he's been around for a couple years but i i like and and they did this in batman begins as well but i like the idea because this is still you know lieutenant gordon it's not commissioner gordon And I like the idea of it being just, it's not the police department. It's just Gordon. Yep. I, I like, I like that idea. Cause it seems like we get like a bat signal reveal. Like there's not already a bat signal it, just from the trailer. That's just what it looks like. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of like that idea of him not really working with the police department per se, because again, it's all about the corruption and, in Gotham city, but just, just Gordon, which again is not any surprise. And we all expect that anyway, but I just like that. It kind of says it that way. Yeah. I, I feel like that that's when Batman is kind of at his best when, yeah, he he's in with Gordon and a handful of others that are like the good cops, but you still have like that kind of internal strife among Gotham, you know, PD and Harvey Bullocks and, and yeah, things of course. like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, as we saw in the previous trailer, there's that scene where like, Batman looks like he wants to beat up that one cop in like the mm-hmm. station and, and Gordon has to pull him off. And yeah, so I look forward to kind of the inner politics and dynamics. Hoping they'll show off when it comes to like the Gotham city PD and mm-hmm. now it's not all just, they're all the same. Like they're either all corrupt or they're all on Batman's side. So I agree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I just, again, we already kind of knew this, but I just love the idea of it being bookended by the Riddler yeah. But then like the middle being him going through the webs of the different crime crime mobs. Like I like yep. that idea a lot. Like yeah, if you're going to use multiple villains, like that's the way you do it. Yeah, because I don't know. If, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think Penguin is really enough to be his own villain of like one movie? Uh, I think so. I think notoriety wise, if you yes, do him, if you do him right, you know, as the, right, yeah. the full socialite, but, but I get what you're saying. I, I, yeah, I you get, know what I mean? Yeah, I do get what you're saying. Penguin's at his best when he's kind of an adjacent villain. Who's like, that's what I think a mob leader, but maybe yeah. not the main story. Right. And, and, and Batman kind of has to let him go because he has like his front of the iceberg lounge and he's able to stay above actually being implicated in everything. That, that's when Penguin works the best. So it I seems, agree. but I don't think that's what we're going to get from just what we've seen. It seems like very much a very hands-on Penguin um, from Colin Farrell. It, that's what it just seems like. We're getting a much more abrasive version of the uh, of Penguin. So I'm not exactly sure where they're going to go with that. But again, it's also the beginning. Sorry? It's all the beginning yeah. of these characters. So... I mean, kind of like going back to the first season of Daredevil, which Kingpin really ticked me off. And I mean, I thought it was all good, but the Kingpin character took me a while to get because it's so not Kingpin in that first right, season. Right, right. 
But again, gotcha. it's because I was missing the point of right. It's not Kingpin. He he's he's not, not Kingpin yet. yet. Right. And that's 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 the whole point. Yeah. So uh yeah, once you realize that it helps obviously everything. So I'm hoping it's more of a scenario like that with the Oswald Cobblepot character, so yeah, I think it will be. But I'm also excited for all the stuff that we just haven't had spoil for us. Like, we still don't mm-hmm. know who Peter uh, Sarsgaard is in the movie. Uh, no, we um, do. We do. Do we? Yes, he's the commissioner. Oh, I'm pretty he sure. Is. Yeah, if you, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hang on. I, I don't remember when I saw that, but I did see that in an article that I was reading. Huh. Hang on. Let's see if it has it in on IMDb yet. So, but, but not Loeb. He's some other. I don't maybe? think it's Loeb. I'm pretty. It might be, but I th- I feel like it was a day you, they were using a different name, okay. which again doesn't really matter. The only commissioner no. name that matters is Gordon. Yeah, of course. Um. All right, let me see if it's here. Also, could be a red herring because Peter Sarsgaard is a pretty recognizable big name actor to have in a true kind of role like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was the old. You know, oh, oh crap, that's not what I wanted to do. Ah, crap. Oh no, sorry, it's it's not. Uh, maybe you were right. Oh no, yeah, sorry, district attorney. He's the district attorney. Okay, but yeah, no, the, the the commissioner is uh, someone else. The commissioner is Alex Ferns. Um, that's right. I think we saw him in the trailer. But it's but... Pete Savage. It, that's the name of the commissioner. But no, he's district attorney Gil Colson. Okay, so I guess he's Skarsgård is. So we'll see if he's just a predecessor to Harvey Dent, or if that's the old pseudonym, maybe. There's no way. What? No, there's no way he's gonna be a pseudonym for Two Face. Well, not like not like a like a pseudonym that the company like the Warner Brothers is putting out of like not gonna reveal. Oh, oh, Uh, yeah, because they'll do that on IMDb. That's what they did with um. Bandit Cumberbatch in uh in Star Trek in the Darkness like no he's no, not no, gone no. no they that was just full on lies well yeah of course I mean it's J.J. Abrams but still like on IMDb before the movie came out I was like no his name is John Harrison that's the character and then you watch the movie you're like oh it's Khan obviously well yeah I guess maybe I feel like that'd be kind of a dumb thing to do that way this is Warner Brothers bro <laughs> I mean we can't forget I mean, like all the all the positive no but I mean like have. like on a like not a dumb way as a way Warner Brothers would do it. Like to me, Warner Brothers would be dumb to just say, "Hey, here's Two Face," you know that type of thing. Yeah. So I feel like it's like the opposite type of dumb that someone like Warner Brothers wouldn't do. But may I mean maybe I mean you, you know maybe who knows? Like like I said, he's a bit he's a big enough. I don't know. Who knows. Well, have you heard the other rumor about apparently the news has been going around about Batman? Uh, I don't think so. Really? That apparently there's a Joker and that the Joker will either make an appearance to the end of this movie or it's going to be the next movie. I will guarantee that that's going to be a rumor of every single Batman movie ever made. I hope so, because that was the one thing I saw. And there's even an actor that they're already attributing to being the Joker, which I'm like, again, I hope it's just he was on set one day. And no, I, I think all that stuff's crap. I mean, obviously, a lot of it has been crap. I mean, the whole Robert Pattinson baning Zoe Kravitz on the Batmobile and him and Matt Reeves getting the fist fights, you know, which is obviously probably from the freaking Snyderverse uh, camp, which I would not probably. put past them. Probably, but um, but yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, please, again, that, like 
we were just talking about how there have been no red flags. And so like, to me, that would be a red flag because I really, I love the Joker. He's my favorite villain of all time. I need a break from him. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just, it's not the Joker's fault. It's, it's freaking Hollywood's lack of originality and the, you know, trend followers. And they all just want to cash in on the popularity of the character. But like I saw that, I was like, please don't let that be true. Nah, I sure hope not. That's a horrible I idea. So I, I would love, because like, this is supposed to be a trilogy, right? Matt Reeves has said. Uh, I, to be perfectly honest, I have no idea. Okay, I don't know if that was ever confirmed, but let's say it is a trilogy. He plans on doing three films. I am totally fine with the Joker not showing up until the third film, even. I'm perfectly fine with not having the Joker at all. Really? Yes. Like, I'm over it. I I, I get that, but I feel like if you're going to do, like, a wide-spanning Batman story about, you know, one iteration of batman at some point you have to have the joker kind of i don't i don't think so i i don't oh. trust anyone uh able to write a proper joker character anymore i think it's dead even matt reeves maybe but at this point no, that, nothing would that. interest me less than the joker right now in any way shape or form or in the near future i understand i mean you're just, not wrong i just don't i just don't want to see it I, 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 that that stems from to be honest that stems from me not wanting to see anything i like on screen anymore because I, anytime I, there's I something where i'm like oh i really like this oh they're gonna adapt this or they're gonna make this i'm like no yep yeah no I, you're, you're not wrong <laughs> so i'm not gonna lie that's a big part of it yeah god but it's like but that's you know i kind of feel that way but we, we kind of felt that way about batman after the whole ben affleck Zack Snyder debacle. Now here True. we are finally getting True. the character done properly again. But I know I, you're not point. wrong. No, that 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 is a fair point. And yes, I, in in if there was ever a scenario that I think it, I would feel best about it, it would be you know with with this Matt Reeves stuff for sure. But yeah, where he belongs, God forbid, in a Batman movie. But yeah. right, right. Just for some reason, every time I think of the Joker, I just think of these morons pulling in Joaquin Phoenix to do it. Oh God! And that's that's just why I'm like, mm. well, I, I guess that was too so, popular. It was, but hey, we're getting a stupid sequel, so if anything, that just kind of <laughs> if that ever happens, odd. I will be shocked. Oh, I think it will because I think Warner Brothers again, how desperate they are, is like, no, we will make this happen, even if literally no one from the original movie comes back. Well, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, that's fair, but point. I. But I see that as that just, again, like adding conflict to the whole, how the hell are we going to mash these two storylines or universes, whatever. And it's like, so if that's the case, like, please give me a stupid Joker sequel. If it means we never have to see him interact with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a good point, too. That's fair. Oh, man. Um, all right. Well, anyway, we'll see. I think that covers a Batman. Yeah, but anyway, everything everything's looking good with the Batman. So, plus a hundred days. Definitely excited about about that. Um, and some sad news: uh, Dean Stockwell passed away. He was the voice of Tim Drake in Return of the Joker. Oh, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, that was so, sad. Yeah. Eighty-five years old. Obviously, an all-time, all-time classic uh, Batman movie. Oh, one yeah. of the best ever made. So, absolutely. Definitely, uh, definitely shout out. Definitely shout out to him. Um, as far as I don't really have any other news uh, until I'm going to talk about Hawkeye for the next hour and a half. Oh, that's right. Yeah, dude, I've been like, I'm so checked out on so much. Like, I don't care yeah. anymore. The, the only thing I care oh, about neither. now is 
is a uh, Dune. The fact that we're getting Dune two. Yeah, we'll talk about that I, also in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But is all I care about. And then like, I don't care about anything Marvel. I don't care about anything Disney. Yep. Uh, uh most of the crap Netflix puts out now is garbage. Yep. I don't care about Squid Game, and despite every stupid idiot telling me to watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. No, why would I? Why? Why do I want to watch a bunch of poor Koreans kill each other for money? Like, oh, great, man, fast. Yeah, I just yeah, just nothing. Nothing really appeals to me about it. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't care about really anything. <laughs> not even just superheroes. Like, I just don't really care about anything right now. And it's like we're not trying to be like hipster or like contrary. Yeah. Like, we're, we're just that's how the markets become. People are yeah. just so turned off by everything. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, no, I think I've been to one movie in the theater this whole year. And it was it wasn't even Dune. It was I don't even, I think it was that M Night Shyamalan movie. It's the only time I went to a, a oh, movie God. theater this whole year. And I only went to like two or something last year after the pandemic hit. Yeah. So I think I've been maybe like three to three in like a year and a half. Um, I mean, a part of that is also the movie theater here is not great. So I'm just like, sure, hey, yeah, well, yeah, I don't what's the point? Yeah. If I was if I was back home where there was a good movie theater, I probably would have gone to more by now. But um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, no, th- there's nothing I'm excited about. Um, unfortunately, all the hype for everything is just being swallowed up by the movie we don't talk about. And oh, um, God. so don't care. Um yeah, no, I don't care about anything except for the Batman coming out in March. And uh, the only other, but the only thing I was like, well, I'm going to at least watch is this Hawkeye TV show. And that's just because Hawkeye is my third favorite superhero after Batman and Spider-Man. Love the character. I love Jeremy Renner. I hate that they decided not to do the character in the MCU. Um, but once I kind of got, well, not fully, but kind of got over at least except maybe not got over, but at least accepted it. Yeah. Jeremy Renner's great. The character that they created fits in the MCU. Sure. With, you know, how they couldn't use his actual character. Cause they basically gave that to Tony Stark and, um, which I've talked about plenty of times, but anyway, so I've kind of gotten over that. And so I'm just like, we're finally getting a show, uh, you know, we're getting to see this character more than just a straight tertiary, not even secondary, like tertiary character. Yeah. Uh, in the MCU movies. Um, but that being said, I hate everything Marvel has done since Endgame. And to be honest, <laughs> Endgame has not aged well, but, um, I still love it, but uh, yeah, me too, it, me too. But it, it, look, Endgame is a really stupid movie. Like I, oh yeah. I, I enjoy. I think all the moments are great, but a lot of it is really, really dumb and dumber mm-hmm. the further we get from it. Um, but regardless, that's the last thing good that the MCU has done. Yeah, uh, I've absolutely despised most of the stuff I've avoided completely, but the stuff I haven't, I've absolutely despised. That I have seen. The direction's terrible of the MCU. It just every, like, it's all, it's dead to me, basically. Like, on a lesser level than Star Wars and Spider Man, like, it's pretty much just kind of dead. Like, I just don't care. 
But I'm going to watch this. So, but I, I'm trying to preface this by saying my expectations could not be lower. That's how I'm okay. trying to, to, to frame this. I understand. I'm going into this with the lowest possible expectations. Okay. Um, expecting the worst at every single turn. Um, expecting the, basically the only thing I'm hoping for at this point is just don't completely cut the balls off of Clint Barton. That's right. the that to be honest, that's the bar. That that's how low the bar has been set. Sadly, it is. Um, cause cause look, I already know they're they're introducing Kate Bishop one hundred percent to just make her the Hawkeye. What? Like no, I, Mark, no, that no. <laughs> I already like I already know this, so I yeah. can get this through my head before watching this. This is 100% going to be about making this the new main character. And all I'm hoping is just we actually get to see Jeremy Renner done well and they at least do this without completely ruining him. Yeah, let him him right off into the sunset. That's how low of a bar it is. Yeah. They released the first two episodes. They're they're not good. Uh Oh. But now I'm going to find myself defending it compared to some people. Um, oh. Because I watched uh, – I was watching the Friday Night Tykes live stream or before this and they were uh, they were talking about it. Um, you, you know the Friday Night Tykes live stream, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were talking about it. And they were and, – and, and I found myself being like ar- arguing against them on some stuff. You thought they were too harsh? Slightly. It's not good. Like, it's it's not. Like, as a show itself, it's boring. Like, it is slow as crap. And oh, we're really? two episodes in, and you don't really know any direction that this is really going. Like, it's like, it ends, and you're like, what was the point? Like, there's so many times I just, basically, I, I hate the Kate Bishop character. I don't care about that character from the comics. There's a few good interactions with her and and Clint a little bit. But for the most part, I just don't really care about that character at all. And I really don't care about that character in this show. So I found myself like fast forwarding certain things (laughs) when it's just her. And then I, then I had no idea what was going on with the plot because it's very confusing. But then I found out that it still doesn't make a lot of sense, even if I had watched all of it, but like hey what's her name Haley steinfeld, steinfeld. she's yeah. fine yeah i like her um i you know what the bit and again i haven't seen the whole show i've only seen the first two episodes but at least in the first two episodes they have made clint barton not a moron that's good so already that's a plus because again that's okay. how low this bar is uh, not only have they not hit, made him a moron, Kate Bishop has constantly been messing things up. Like, there, there's at least three times when I would, I, I was watching the scene and I, I had to pause it and be like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what's going to happen. This is going to happen and this is going to happen and she's going to fix this. And then that didn't happen. It happened like three different times. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, it, it the second, sp- uh, spoilers. For anyone that hasn't seen it, um, the second episode literally ends with Clint letting himself get captured. 
tell at this point he's kind of done with Kate Bishop and has kind of said, all right, hopefully I won't have to ever see you again and I can take care of this and whatever. Uh, she ends up tracking him because there's a lot of stuff like her mom owns the Kate Bishop. Her character is like, she's from a rich family, inherited a lot of money. Her mom in this show, her mom is like the head of this big time security firm. So anyway, she has this technology that she can track people for whatever reason. And so she like, is like, no, I'm going to help. And like figures out, thinks that he's gotten captured or something. And so she follows him. He's sitting there letting the guys monologue and then ends up getting himself out of the bindings and is just sitting there. And then they all start turning their guns on him and he's about to go after him. And then she comes crashing through the ceiling, like falls like through the ceiling as she was trying to help and then ruins his like trying to escape. And, oh, then, okay. and then it ends with both of them now for, tied up more. And that's kind of the end of the first or the second episode. So I was saying, I was like, Okay, fair enough. You know, like that, that's, he, that is not the typical Disney treatment. Right. Usually, it's it's the other way around, where the mm-hmm. the guy just can't do anything right, and the girl's like, "I guess I'll save the day and kill everybody." Then, yep. No, in, in this show, so far, now they have established her as. I, I'm trying to figure out how to even talk about the show because it's so weird. The whole for Clint Bard doesn't even show up for 15 minutes in the first episode. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it immediately starts with her as a kid during the 2012 attacks in New York City. Her building gets hit. Her father gets killed off screen. So, you know, he's going to show up in the show at some point. And uh, and then she sees Hawkeye like on, on an adjacent building, like through like the rubble of hers. Like and it's the scene when uh, in from Avengers when he you know, is, is shooting a bunch of the Chitari and then jumps off the building and shoots the grapple yeah, yeah, arrow yeah. and that. And to be honest, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was really that. cool. I, I thought yeah, it was they're... really cool implementing that and having her see that and that kind of being her inspiration to then pick, picking up archery and wanting to help, you know, that kind of aspect of her character. I thought that was good. I liked that. They ripped that off from Batman vs. Superman. The big eight would when Bruce Wade is watching the attack on Metropolis. <laughs> Zack Snyder invented that. <laughs> of course. But uh, of course. like I heard some people complaining about stuff like that, and I was like, I thought that was fine. Uh, I hated that they started. But, okay, look, the show is not about Clint Barton, which, again, I not. but but I already knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that part didn't piss me off as much because I already know to lower all that crap. Like lower yeah. all those expectations. Now, maybe that's why a lot of people just haven't accepted that yet. And and uh, to be honest, maybe you shouldn't. Like maybe I shouldn't. But from that standpoint, I already knew that. So that that's yeah, not the part that made me mad. But the whole first part is about that. Then the whole title sequence is like an animated thing showing her become the best archer and the best martial artist and the best fencer and all this stuff. And I heard a bunch of people complaining about that too. And it's like well yeah like she's gonna be hawkeye like i i that that's part of how this works like duh i don't know that that didn't bother me a ton uh, it bothered me the, the main thing that bothered me bothered me is there was no reference to hawkeye other than that one shot for the whole first 15 minutes then comes out of that and then it shows her grown up in college doing some shenanigans and messing up a clock tower with an arrow 
showing off to her friends. And but and then then you finally see like Clint Barton with his family after like 15 minutes of the show. And that's the part that was most annoying with that. Oh. I didn't necessarily mind what they were doing with her character, per se, because it is a comic character and it's fairly close to the way the character is in the comics for the most part. To be honest, it's actually a little bit lesser than the character from the comics, like the character in the comics. Which I'm surprised, like it's the perfect Clint Bart. The comic storyline of Clint Barton and Kate Bishop is like the perfect thing for this day and age of the MCU, oh. because Clint Barton is an idiot. Like that's part of his actual comic character. Like he's kind of dumb. He's like impulsive, and not always the smartest person. And and Kate Bishop is like the younger, little bit like wiser above above, above her years, and kind of yeah. is the more which is that's part of the funny thing with them their characters. Is he's the older, more experienced one, but she's actually the more mature one. Right. And that's the their dynamic in the comics a lot of times. But unfortunately, and this is where I've been torn, you know, when I heard about the show and all this, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a perfect setup for what they like to do with the MCU, but that's not the perfect setup for the way this MCU is set up Mm. with his character in the MCU is not like that. I gotcha. So I was like, are they just going to force that? And then the argument can be, oh, it's like the comics. Well, no, it doesn't appear to be the case. Um, Weird. Like she is fully in awe of him, totally fangirling out when she meets him, is asking her, him to like sign her bow and teach. And like she wants to like be mentored by him. <laughs> what is complete opposite of Ray? Yep, it is. Like she 100% is just fascinated with him. And he's just kind of like, I, you've in- inconvenienced my whole life for no reason. And, you know, he's just kind of putting up with her a lot of times. And then she's constantly messing up also. Yeah. I mean, they established that she's good and that she can do some stuff, but he had to save her from any beaten up by thugs. I mean, of course, she she did way better than she probably should have in this fight anyway. But still, he had to come down and save her. She messes several things up and then she messes up his escape at the end. So from that standpoint, again, just because my expectations are so low, I'm like, well, that's not bad. (laughs) Right, compared to what we normally get nowadays. Right. Uh, one. So what? One thing that happens is, again, the the, the worst part of this show, like with uh, aside from the MCU stuff, these shows are just horribly written, and this show mm. is also horribly written. Oh wow! Everything's just plot convenience. Everything is happening where you know they're like, oh, we need this to happen. Yeah, How yeah. are we going to get this to happen? And then what they come up with are just the dumbest things. And you're like, oh, that's dumb. <laughs> um, it seems like one of the big aspects of this show is his time being Ronan. Oh, uh, okay. Which is what they should have made the show. Like, that's what the show should be. It should be Clint Barton, and it should be a two-part a two thing where you, where you see flashbacks of his time being Ronan, and you see the aftermath and what he's dealing with now in the fallout from it. That's yeah, what the show cool. should be about. But no, yeah. that's not the full thing, but that's an element of it. But it's more like MacGuffin based, at least so far. With you see this black market auction and oh, here's the Ronin sword and here's the Ronin suit that people found in the destroyed Avengers mansion because nobody thought to go there and look. And it's so stupid that that's so dumb. Um, 
how did people just walk in and get anyway it it doesn't matter like all that yeah. stuff is stupid yeah. um and and they're introducing swordsmen but but this is the part that that annoys me possibly the most so uh what's his name tony dalton i think is his name yeah he plays jack who's like the fiance now to uh vera uh Firminga's mom like she's the mom to kate bishop oh, okay and uh yeah this tony dalton is playing like jack Duke, i don't know how to pronounce that french name but and it, it, he's clearly trying they're they're using the swordsman character from the comics which like is the origin of hawkeye like that's hmm. clint barton ran away from home with his brother as a kid joined the circus and was trained by swordsmen and I forgot the name of the archer that trained him. I'm totally blanking on that character. But he was trained by, like, the the, the ar- archer from the circus and the swordsman. And then the swordsman's one of his big villains in the comics early on. Well, they're clearly going to do that with Kate Bishop and not him. Because that's oh, he's, the, he's the fiancé now to her yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal connection. And they did a whole thing with swords and then fencing. There was a whole fencing scene with him and Kate Bishop. She doesn't trust him and he's clearly a bad guy because he's at the black market auction and he steals the Ronin sword. So I know that's going to come into play. And yep. But anyway, she like puts on the Ronin costume and all that when with all this thing going on, like an explosion happens and she's there because it's stupid and plot convenience. And she puts on the Ronin suit to beat up all these thugs and then gets it goes over the news. And so Clint Barton sees that and he's like, wait, what? So he's like, great. Now I got to handle this. And nobody yeah. knows that Hawkeye is Ronan, obviously, but everyone knows Hawkeye. Like he doesn't wear a mask or anything. So he like runs into people who know him, which is kind of funny. Um, like in, in like in, in public and, so, and stuff like that, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of a nice touch. Which would make sense. That's one of the stupid things with this MCU is like, like in Black Widow, she's just walking around and nobody recognizes oh, her. Oh yeah. Um, so they and and he still does that for the most part, but at least it happens a few times. Sure. Um. And uh, anyway, so that's kind of the whole. That's how they get together. He sees the Ronin suit, tracks her down, sees it's her, and then now he's like, now I got to deal with this. Uh. You know, so that's kind of how that all started. And they're using a bunch of member berries from the uh, the Matt Fraction, David Aha comic storyline from 2012. I mean, they use the same font for the show and they're using the tracksuit guys as the mob villains. Uh, they they introduced Lucky the dog, the one eyed dog already. But of course, Kate Bishop saves him and not not Clint. Uh and so they're doing a lot of that, like, which is like, eh, eh. again, I don't care. We're past that now. Remember back when superhero movies were first starting, like for real, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, the movies would come out and be like, oh, this is this is good. This isn't accurate to what we've seen. We haven't seen it done like this before. But then there'd be all these little things that were wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, why didn't you do the web shooters? Oh, exactly. why don't they have the right costumes like you know all these little things yeah it's like the exact opposite nowadays yep. it's now they they took all those complaints and they're like oh people want this 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 and then threw the good stories out and like we don't care about that or doing accurate characters or the stories but hey look he's got the right costume Mm-mm. so this show has a lot of that 
I totally get you. Like they introduced uh, Clint Barton now as a hearing aid. Ah. Uh, which is the comic character. He's he's deaf in the comics. Uh now, I do think they did a good job with that. I was a little when I saw that in the very first scene you see him, he's watching a theatrical like Broadway play of the Avengers. And it's like the worst thing ever. But it, it's meant to be. But the stupidest part is they call the play Rogers the Musical. Not Captain America. Rogers. Okay. Because clearly everyone knows who Rogers is and not Correct. Captain America. And, and, tr- and of course you would, uh, <laughs> you would definitely market this as Rogers and not Captain yeah. America. But no, we can't do that because now Anthony Mackie is Captain America. Oh, God, so you're it's right. BS. Oh. That's so stupid. But the scene is not bad because he's sitting there just cringing at this as That's they're like funny. dancing around with the rubble of New York and the 2012 <laughs> attack. And even his daughter and he's there with his daughter and his son and his two, uh, all three of his kids. And and even his daughter is like or he's sitting there watching. And he starts to like see the Black Widow character who looks just like Scarlett Johansson. And he starts to go through like PTSD flashbacks of it. And he turns his hearing aid off at one point. And so it's just like this muffled sound. And then his daughter snaps him back out of it. And then they, but, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, they're doing the hearing aid now. And again, that's just to try and make up for the fact that they yep. can't write a good character story. A little thing. And I was like, of course you would throw this in now, like right. now we've had this character for all this, but then they made a fair point. Cause at one point, Kate Bishop comments on it. Like he ends up saying, Hey, come on, walk on this side. Cause I can hear you better on it. And she's like, Oh, what happened? And then you just see this quick flash of him just going through all these explosions and all these fights in the MCU. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. Like, of course the character would eventually go deaf. Cause he's just a human. Yeah. And I was like, I actually thought that was awesome. I was like, that's, yeah, that's, that's okay. actually a great way to Im- implement that from the comics into now. Because that makes sense. If he's working with the Avengers for a decade as a human through all this stuff, like that, he he would deteriorate like that. Like that totally makes sense. So I actually really liked that. Yeah. Um, so again, there's like little things that I I've liked so far, but again, I just don't trust anything right now. And so we'll see. And apparently, the Florence Pugh character is going to be in the rest of the show. So oh, that's right. That's not a good sign. Um, that's a very bad sign. So, like I said, my expectations are trying to be as low as possible. But for the first two episodes, again, my only thing, just don't ruin the Hawkeye character. I know that I know the show is going to be bad. I know the writing's going to be bad. I know the story's going to be bad. Just don't ruin the character. So we'll far, see. they haven't. They did have we'll a whole 15-minute part where he had to go to a LARPing fest to try and get his, the suit back. And that's really stupid because it just goes on forever. And you're like, wow, they really couldn't write anything in this show, could they? Gotta kill time somehow. But uh, so far, the character, they haven't ruined. So I guess that's my main thing. And there's been a couple other things that I thought were okay. But, you know, it's it's not good by any means, but... They still have plenty of time to mess up. It could be worse. Let's just say it's probably the best uh, Disney plus Marvel show, which again is a very, very, very low bar, but I was going to say not a whole lot of competition. So So far, far it probably is so far. They're what? Oh, and four. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Big time. 
Um, like strike, not even like ground outs, like strikeouts. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, I talked about that way longer than I meant to, but. Oh, you love Hawkeye. I know you like Hawkeye. Anyway, so that's, that's that. Uh, all right. Now we got to go to the other longer section of, uh, of the show. Cause we got to talk about movies we've seen Ian, and I've actually seen a handful of movies. So you have, uh, I saw, luckily I've only seen two, including one that we both seen. So, okay, well then let's just go through the ones that, uh, aren't Dune and then we'll talk about Dune. Okay, but the only other one I saw uh, was uh, The Duelist, which was uh, really Scott's first film. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and go through all of his movies because uh, he's, he's almost 90. I have a feeling he will not be with us much longer, um, which as much as I love him, I kind of hope that <laughs> happens before he makes Gladiator 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love you really, Scott, but please die before that happens. I, um, I'm over. I don't know. I, I'm torn with Ridley Scott. It's kind of like it, Steven Spielberg for me, where I'm like, it's like 50, 50 where sure. some of these greatest, you know, some of my favorite things of all time, alien gladiator, e- even the Martian. I really liked. Oh, um, I love the Martian. You know, so there's these movies and then there's, you know, there's other, other ones that, Oh, he's made some awful movies. Really, really like. don't like. So, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny how although at this point, almost have you. Oh, it's almost every director. There's almost no directors where it's just like everything is. Great. I know for you, it's Christopher Nolan, not for me, but for no, no, even no one has had some. I didn't the like only one. Insomnia. And again, it's because he hasn't made that many. The only one I could think of off the top of my head is Mel Gibson, where like everyone has been fantastic. Uh, Villeneuve, I would put in that category so far. Yeah, I don't like him quite as much as you do, but the movies are definitely like well done. That's for sure. Oh yeah, they're all good. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But again, it's these directors who haven't made as many movies. Of course, but that's what I like about really Scott is that you, you can tell a lot. But most other directors, especially younger ones, really care about each like filmography of theirs, and like yeah. they're very selective. Really Scott just loves making movies, and even mm-hmm. his bad movies, he's great at directing. I mean, sure, none of his movies look bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, definitely. And so that's what I love about him. And he, he has one of my favorite quotes ever where he, like someone asked the you know, advice about becoming a director. He's like, you're going to, you're going to come up with a million reasons not to do a film. He's like, just do it. And you'll be glad you did at the end of the day. And it's like, I like that attitude. Whereas Tarantino is like, Oh no, when I make an announcement, my next film is going to be a freaking huge, big deal. And it's only, you know, a film that I have every control over. It really Scott's like, no, I'll do it. Uh, to be it. honest, I think, Tarantino's on to something there, though. <laughs> I mean, it's worked for him, but at the same time, it's like, really, Scott, it's like, sure, you'll get a stinker like G.I. Jane and The Counselor and Robin Hood. But, dude, like, he can make, he's made some of the greatest films of all time. So sure. I, I like the kind of variety. It's like, I'll take some stinkers if you give us some of the most influential films ever, greatest films ever. But I feel yeah, like so all- Ridley Scott is is like the same thing that like Tom Cruise is as an actor. Yeah, where, kind of. Yeah, because he's not quite the level of like you know, uh, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, who'll just literally be in any movie ever. But yeah. but he is someone who's like, I just love making movies, and so yeah. he always has to be in a movie. Like he always has to be doing one. And for the most part, for me, I like most of Tom Cruise's movies. I think he has done better than not. Oh yeah, a majority of the time. But, you know, that's not all the time. And there's there's plenty of, you know, bleh movies at the same time. But I feel like that he has a similar attitude to that. Yeah. 
It's like I, I'd rather be occasional stinker than like go five or six years and never see a movie from him. It's and like, there oh. are also people that don't phone things in. Like, like right now, Ridley Scott might phone in a script. Well, he doesn't write them. Right, right. But he might have a script that's phoned in. But like you said, they're at least going to be technically done well. Oh, they always look good. Yeah, 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 for sure. At the very least. So, yeah, no, yeah, I get so, that. Yes. And this was his first film that he ever did. And uh, it's like it's definitely you can definitely tell it's his first film. But then even with that in mind, you're like, holy crap. You know, for a first time director, he makes this. It's like it's amazing. This is a real life story about these two uh, French officers in the Napoleon's army who were these two real life guys who like dueled each other I think like six times over the course of like 15 years just <laughs> this like crazy just heated personal hatred for each other um and it is great because that was a whole fashion back then in the, mm-hmm. in the France was dueling we need to bring and, uh, that back seriously why not I'm not even kidding like it would solve some problems oh my god yes I, I would love for so many of our political agents to go out like freaking Hamilton yeah why not but anyway, um, but you know, it's, it's it's it looks great. The editing is a little choppy. Obviously, I I kind of attribute that to you know amateur filmmaker at the time. But um, but it looks great. It's a really good movie. Um, it, it's it's a really concise movie. There's no pointless storylines. There's like really no fluff. It is really just focusing on these two guys. And it's like you know, oh here we are five years later. You know, we're not even gonna go into the whole like what they've been doing this whole time. It's like here's. Like we're we're right at the next duel that takes place five years later. It's great, so they don't waste any time. Beautiful movie, obviously. No, not a pixel of CGI in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely recommend it. And I'm I'm trying to go through all of his movies now and uh, see all the ones I haven't seen. But this is one I definitely recommend. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Other than uh, Dune. Yeah, um, yeah, I've actually seen a handful. Um, I watched uh, Mel Brooks's History of the World Part One. Oh, nice. For the first time, which is fine. Like, I mean, it, it made me laugh, but it's it's not even close to the top of the other Mel Brooks movies for me. No, um, there's some really funny lines, but not yeah, really like there's parts stuff. that are funny, but as a whole, it was just kind of eh, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't quite as you know, like there's nothing worse than a bad comedy. Like, there's no yeah. worse movies than bad comedies, and it wasn't that. It wasn't that. No. But there were definitely parts that are just like eh. eh. Me, I, I like when Mel Brooks is a little bit more. I don't know how to say this. Reined in maybe a little bit, which sounds dumb when you think of like Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. Just some of those movies to me seemed a little bit more streamlined with the humor. I get you. It, it kind of felt like uh, Seth MacFarlane, where it felt like a bunch of funny ideas and concepts that maybe quite didn't go together in one film, but they're like, yeah. oh, we'll find a way to kind of piece them all together. And it's like, yeah. Whereas Spaceballs and like Young Frankenstein and Blaze of Saddles obviously had like an actual story and mm-hmm. kind of plot that the it producers, all like all of yeah. those, I would put way, way above this one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But again, there are some really funny like moments and yeah. concepts that you can tell what they came up with. And then it's like, Oh, okay, we need to actually make a film around this. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Um, as a whole, not great, but, parts definitely f- very funny oh, yeah. um so yeah no i i liked it fine um i watched uh, i finally watched the the movie version of the shadow because oh. i've been in the shadow i've liked to listen to the radio plays i've gotten into the comics now 
Um, nice. I'm doing a free trial of the like comiXology, uh, whatever that they have where you can read comics for free. So I, I've read, um, I read the, uh, shadow year one from, I think like 2011 or 2012, fairly recent, but I just went through razor fist lists of like best, uh, shadow comics. Yeah. And so I have a handful of those. I just started, um, blood and judgment, which was a controversial one from the eighties that most people hate, but he really likes. So, um, anyway, but I've started to do that, but, uh, I watched a movie and it might just be because my expectations were so low and I'd already heard about most of the stuff that happens in the movie. Mm. So none of the really dumb stuff like threw me off because I already kind of knew it was in there. Right. I, I, I didn't mind the movie. I thought the movie was fine. Like it does some shadow stuff really well. And obviously there's a lot of, but there's a handful of very stupid stuff in it. You know, of course, but a lot of the shadow stuff was fun. Like I thought they did a pretty good job with the origin of the shadow and a lot of that stuff. I thought Alec Baldwin did a pretty good job. I liked him in the movie. I'm kind of surprised he never quite made it as like a top leading guy. Cause I definitely think he could, but he could have been. He, um, he should have been more. I mean, he did a lot. He didn't go hunt for Red October. And well, yeah, of- but that was like before this. <laughs> and and yeah, everyone he, was like, oh, he's going to be the next thing. And then by like the later 90s, he was not anymore. Yeah, I wonder if it was because he's such a prick to work with. I, I wonder be. if he just, he just got that reputation. People were like, I mean, he's good, but I don't want to work with the guy. Could be. Um, I love and I was so thrown off through most of the movie because I'm sitting there. And whenever the shadow is on screen, I'm like, there's no way this is Alec Baldwin. No. And then, then at the end, they do the the face morphing thing where he had prosthetics on the whole time. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense with this whole shadow yeah. character because this yeah. whole thing is making himself invisible, is hypnotizing right. people. So it totally makes sense that even when he's visible, his face is still disguised. And so I really like that touch. Like oh, there was a lot of things like that I, I liked, like like yeah. little things that I thought they did a good job. And it's just kind of a dumb kind of. I don't know. It's it's that '90s era that we just don't have anymore. Yeah. And so part of it was was fun for that, where it was like just kind of the nostalgic of watching an older superhero movie is just kind of nice, too. I feel the exact same way about the Phantom movie. It's like I rewatched that not too long ago. I'm like, I, I still really like it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. You um, should, especially after rewatching The Shadow. It's, it's right there because there's a lot of dumb yeah. stuff, but you get the Phantom right. And it's like it's practical. It's, you know, this kind of fun just popcorn adventure flick that they respect the character it's like that's all i really need mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you know i i totally get the low reviews for the shadow like if you don't care about the shadow character there's almost oh, nothing for you in this movie yeah you would eviscerate it yeah 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 so i totally get that i enjoyed it and, and i'll Same. probably watch it again like i would watch it again <laughs> like it, it was it was it was enjoyable enough and i'll probably watch it again yeah, not um, a great movie but that's okay all right uh another one similar vein I finally watched the 2008 Speed Racer movie. Oh, I've never seen that. Massively underrated. That's what I've heard. I'd heard a couple people talk, like, you know, good things about it. Obviously, it, I'm pretty sure it just totally bombed in the oh, box it bombed office. Big time. Got everything that, terrible everything that reviews. have done. Yeah. Since. And, and I, it's one of those weird things where it's like, I grew up with Speed Racer. I grew up watching the show. I grew up watching the, 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 the cartoon. Um... So, you know, I know the character Speed Racer. And okay. so I can come at it from that angle. But this movie is so ridiculous. 
Like, it's so over the top. Like, Speed Racer's, like, just real world. Like, it's just real world race car driver. There's corrupt stuff, and that's it. This is, like... I don't even know what this movie, like, when this is supposed to be. Because it's, like, current times, but everything is not. And it's this weird CGI, bright, crazy world, like, video game world. Right. But then they're talking about, like, he's talking about watching the 19, like, watching a rerun of the 1941 Grand Prix, like, with his dad. And it's in black and white, and you're like, so what time is this supposed to be? Because it seems like it's like way in the future because of the way everything looks. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I can't quite figure out. I don't really know when it's supposed to be set. And that can be very off-putting. And if any- anyone who's a real fan of the show, I can totally see how nobody could get over that. The aesthetic of this movie. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's all CGI and it's all just a big video game. Um, yeah. But... I thought they did a pretty good job with the character. They 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 annoyed me with the again it, spo- okay spoilers with this movie. Yeah. It's from two thousand eight. Um, in the com or in the show, I am sure it was a manga first, but I in the cartoon, there's a character called Racer X or the Masked Racer, and in in the show, it's the older brother of Speed. He got into to a big argument with his dad. His dad didn't want him to race yet. Didn't think he was ready. He stole a car, wrecked it, and then basically left the family. And they never heard, from, you know, never heard from him again. And then when they introduce Racer X, it's him, but only the audience knows it. Like he never tells Speed. He never tells the family any of that. But he basically will enter races and kind of help Speed, and then will help him with some of the crime stuff and things like that well in the show they do the thing with the brother but in the show the brother dies and then they introduce racer x and they do a big thing where like speed eventually is like wait rex died this time two years later this guy appears he drives like rex and this whole thing and so i'm like well yeah racer x is his brother like i already know this and then they do a big reveal when Speeds finally confronts him and is like, I know you're Rex. I know you're my brother. And he like takes his mask off and it's not Rex. And he's like, sorry no. to do that. Your brother is actually dead. And I was like, what? No. How do you mess that up? Well, turns out at the end of the movie, they, they do an about face and it is Rex and he had plastic surgery. Oh, that's even dumber. <laughs> so they do a double turn. So it actually oh. is his brother. So oh, part of no. me was like relieved where i'm like okay thank goodness at least it's him and he like faked his death or whatever but then part of me was like why do we have to go through all that like that's such a waste you know it's that whole thing of oh we can't put that in because people already know yeah god forbid we're predictable uh, on a 40 year old cartoon yeah how many no nobody watching this movie is gonna remember that but me like no so that's anyway that's dumb it's like it was dumb and then kind of a relief but also still kind of dumb yeah but the movie once you just accept the crazy video game aesthetic of everything, it's it's just kind of fun. Like I enjoyed it. I thought the action was fun. You're you're like a, it builds great emotion with like the end race, like where you're like rooting for him and stuff. Like it's it's I thought it was really good. I really liked the guy who plays Speed. It's that um, it's Neil the, Hirsch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
who again has not done a lot, which I'm kind of apparently he's he's a nightmare to work with, too. Ah, well, that's too bad because he's really good in this movie as speed. Uh, Christina Ricci is good. John Goodman's the dad who he's fantastic. I mean, he is perfect as Pops Racer. Perfect casting with uh, with John Goodman. So um, and then Susan Sarandon is his mom. So like good actors. It's well acted. It's goofy, ridiculous, way, way over the top. Um, What's the name of the guy who's the bad guy? Uh, Is it Matthew Fox? uh, No, no, no. He's he's a he's a racer X. Um, well, there's a different actor who plays Rex racer and then he's the, the, the reconstructed face. Um, Oh no, it's the guy from, it's the guy from a V for Vendetta. Um, the, the bad guy, not the, not the, the chancellor, the other one, uh, um, the creepy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the main, um, the way he chokes to death. Yeah. 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 It's him. Yeah, that creepy British actor. Gosh, uh, yeah, he. I. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But he you, plays. Yeah, have. Yeah. He plays just the over-the-top, big corporate bad guy. Um yeah. But it works because it's this ridiculous world. Like that, that works. Yeah, of course. That ridiculous over-the-top. Uh, Roger, Allum. That's his name, I think. Okay, I recognize him, but yeah, I, I can't remember his name. Um, but I, you know, and he's way over the top and, you know, to an nth degree bad guy, you know, corporate bad guy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, anti corporation. That's, that's the, basically the whole point of this movie kind of, but which, you know, that's fine. Whatever. When it's done in this way, I don't mind. Like, I think that's kind of the way, if you want to get a message in movies, I think this is more the way that it should be done than what is has been happening in the past six yeah. years, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's one of those movies where it really shouldn't be as enjoyable as it is, but I enjoyed <laughs> it. I, I like okay. it. Uh, and the only other movie I watched is the third psych movie finally came out and I, enjoyed oh, that. I didn't know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That dropped on Peacock and, uh, Oh, Peacock. That's why. And, uh, I thought it was fun. I've enjoyed all three of the movies, but this has probably been my favorite one. Oh, cause it felt the most like an episode. Like very oh, okay. much just felt like a long episode. It's nothing, nothing top of the line, nothing revolutionary. I just love the show. And so yeah, yeah. it felt more like that. You get the characters back, you know, they're doing their goofy stuff and you get a decent story and you know, that's, that, that's it. And they've yeah. already kind of said that they're up for just doing them as long keep as they'll keep these. giving them money for it. That's Steve fine. Franks and both, uh, James Rode Rodriguez and, uh, Dooley Hill, Dooley Hill basically basically said that they'll they'll just keep doing it. I'm like, yeah, if, they, if they're just going to do stuff like this, just make these long episode movies. I'm all in. Like, please. That's fine. Yeah. Please. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you should check that out because it is pretty good. Yeah, uh, sure. And then, yeah, then the only other one I watched is uh, Dune. So when you talk about Dune, I have a few thoughts. I, I think I'm in the same camp with most other people where I'm like, this movie very much hinges on the next movie. Where, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much I can say I truly like this without the next part. Because this is not sure. a movie. Like, it's not a movie. It's it's a part of a movie. Like, yeah, even yeah. more so than other part ones and twos, this literally is not a full movie. Yeah. So, that's kind of tough for me. Um, I get that. With it. Obviously, it's incredible, incredibly shot. 
gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Awesome. One of the best visually looking movies we've seen in years. Yep. Uh, all that's fantastic. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job. And again, I don't know Dune. I never seen, never read the books, never read the movies. I don't know anything. Um, but I thought they did a pretty good job establishing the world. They didn't oh, yeah. go too far into it, but gave you enough yeah. to, to be able to follow as long as you're not an idiot. Um, which plenty of people I saw complaining about the movie, I think are just idiots and couldn't oh, follow it. Um, I liked the characters, thought it was for the most part well cast and for the most part were well acted uh, well acted i had a couple of issues with a few of them oh i'd like to hear and uh <laughs> probably the same i had but yeah but it you know i, I it was it's refreshing just to see a movie like that the at that scale and that level and that type um yeah. it, it didn't i i didn't mind the slowness as much i didn't either um it's definitely one where I'm like, I don't know how the rewatchability of it's going to be. Again, a lot of that hinges on the next part. I got more uh, the second time I watched it. I, I liked it more. Okay, well, that that's good to know. I, I don't yeah. – I really didn't really want to sit through it again. Um, Fair but, but, yeah, I liked, I liked most of it. Obviously, just looking at it is great. And, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess, with the uh, – with the uh, second part of the movie, but but yeah, no, I I enjoyed it for the most part. I I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I obviously I really liked it. I it's I'm right below loved it. Um, yeah, yeah, me I too. The only re- the only reason I didn't love it is because, like you said, yeah, it's it's not the complete story. And even though, like you know, Lord of the like, Rings, each not movie even is close. Different. Like that, like they no. didn't even like. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is a great well. I guess it's not because Lord of the Rings was three separate books already. So they kind of already had a format. Yeah. Each for felt that. like a chapter. This, but this each bit... felt like a complete story. And even though yeah. the whole story wasn't done, obviously the whole story is getting the ring to Mordor and that right. wasn't done, but it still had like a decent ending point. They did yeah, not like do a good job ending. with that in this movie. It was just like, I know uh, we're done. And you're like, well, what? Like, yeah, that was that was really my only gripe is that there was no really finale or kind of climax. Yeah. It was you know the the fight between him and Janice, and then it's boom, welcome to the desert, and it was yep. the ending. It was like ah, a little yep. too abrupt for my liking. Yeah, and it literally says this is just the beginning. Like that's literally sure. like the last line. You're like, oh my gosh, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to do better than that, guys. Like, yeah, because yeah. the rest of the movie, the writing was really good, and yeah, yeah that part was, was that good. part that line stuck out, but. That was also one of the uh, few casting choices I was not a fan of. Yeah, that wasn't the one I, I liked the least. Oh, who was it? I'm I hate, I hated Jason Momoa. That's fair. I, I, I knew it was going to be one of the two. <laughs> He's so bad. And look, I, I'm fine with Jason Momoa. The dude can't do anything. He, he, has, he can he can literally and he can't even do it that well. No. But all he does do is badass warrior. Yeah, that's it. And and he's fine at that. Yeah. But there's it, even the other movie stars that just play themselves. You know, yep. The Rock, obviously being the biggest one. Of course, they Will they Smith. still have yeah. Will well he's no Will Smith has way more range than that. I mean, when you no. think of Pursuit of Happiness, well, come on. I mean, okay, more than Jason Momoa, but he still plays himself. Sure, has, sure. His self has more range than Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's self. fair. I mean, uh, you know, okay, yes. Yeah. So I'd put Will Smith like Tom, in the Tom Cruise more camp, where like they can, they can do characters, but uh, still Cruise be this. 
I'm, I agree. I'm, uh, yes, <laughs> I agree with that. But anyway, the point anyway. is he doesn't have even what like The Rock or Ryan Reynolds because they're, you know, we're in that Red Nudist movie, which I've watched oh. muted while talking to people on the phone. So I've almost oh, gotten through the whole movie of that. Uh, you could pay me to watch that crap. Yeah, I had I, I've I've had it on subtitles while I've talked to other people on the phone, just didn't having it on the background, because um, uh, I don't care. Um, really, <laughs> but at least like they have some other element of like leading actor, some other likability. Like I don't Chari- know, there's yeah, just some else that they yeah, yeah yeah, and he everything he does just kind of feels forced now, and it's yeah. just like. And it did it, not it, fit in this world in any way, shape, or form. And it was just like you stick out like a sword. Even Dave Bautista was good. In, was way better in this movie, like. And he kind of is a little bit in there, but I mean, he's barely. He's like two scenes really, and, and all he does is like yell. Yeah, but even still, I thought he did fine. But um, for Dave Bautista, yeah. But no, like, yeah, I, I, especially I with the acting ability of everybody else in this movie. Yeah. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson is phenomenal. Oscar it's Isaac. Phenomenal. And I'm not a huge Oscar Isaac fan. He was good in this. He's great in this movie. Yeah. Roland's good. Skarsgård. Skarsgård is always freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so you have all these guys. I mean, even at the end, Javier Bardem, I, I, I enjoy. Yeah, I, um, he was really good in a few seasons. He was in there. So you have all this star power, and then you just have him. who can't do anything but just that. And you're just like, eh. Is this character if, really necessary? No. It's like if women didn't drool over him, he would not be a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he shouldn't be. Because I, I, I hate his Aquaman. Uh, even yeah. people who who drool over the Snyder cut, no one was like, "Oh yeah, Aquaman was one of the best parts." Mm, no. Like, everyone's quietly trying to forget. Like, oh yeah, he was in the movie. Yeah, and I, I, I know. Character. And then I, I just, I just don't care about Zendaya. I, I just, I don't either. I don't even hate her. I, I just don't. I just don't care. And she was not even barely in the movie. So who knows what Which her is character why is going to do. We'll see how it goes in part two where she'll be featured more prominently. Yeah, she just she doesn't she doesn't act really. So she's the same as she is in the Spire movies. Like yeah. she has like that one eyebrow raise and is like kind yeah. of sarcastic and like yep. emotionless. Yep. Like, yeah. Ugh. And she's just this very caustic character and that's just kind of it. And so, yeah, we'll we'll see. But we didn't see enough for her to really know. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, and then T- Timothy Chalamet, I think, is fine. Um, I thought he was good. Yeah, I, I liked him fine. Um, I liked him better than the King, of course. But you know, I had obviously. I re- went back and rewatched the King it's a phenomenal. couple days ago. Good lord, dude! Love I don't know movie. how a movie that slow with nothing happening is still that interesting. I don't know how a movie like that good just completely flew under the radar. In, well, like, so many people didn't like it. Like so many uh, people think it's boring and slow, which it is, but somehow I don't care. Like I still oh, like, no. it's like nothing happens for so long in that movie. And I don't care. Cause I just like all these characters and how they interact. And I think it's so interesting. I, and I, I freaking love I that movie. Funny happens. But yeah, game back to Dune. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of people, like, people said that, obviously, talking about the whole, you know, splitting into two parts, a lot of people said it should have been a miniseries, but I, I'm glad it's a movie, because I hate how it feels like now we just want everything to be a miniseries, yeah. because we just want to binge watch it and not leave our couch, and that's just further adding to the death of movie theaters, where it's like, that was why I was happy for this movie to come out, like, a big event full epic movie to experience on the big screen. Like, mm-hmm. nothing felt like a green screen. It was amazing. Like, every, the scope of everything felt massive. It was like, I don't want another Squid Game, but, 
in the Dune universe. It's like I, I'm so sick of, of yeah. TV series now. Nope, I totally agree. Totally so agree. I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing movies because this this needs to be on the big screen. I know, like even obviously TV shows have gotten so big with like Game of Thrones now that they look great, but it, this needs to be a movie to to mm-hmm. truly capture the, the vastness. Yep. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. Hundred percent. And uh, yeah, no, I I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, Definitely happy that they're gonna make a next another one. Me too. Yeah. Um, curious to see where they where it goes. And uh, there's, there's a lot they can go from. There's like six books, and they're all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it gets it gets weird. I'm. I can. Yeah. I can. I can tell. Which is that'll be interesting because they really tried to ground this first yeah movie like big yeah, they time because i like, did they, they show like how they travel through space which nope is a whole they didn't thing. show any space stuff they didn't show anything about yeah. the spice at all space like field, they didn't yeah. do anything with any yeah. of that stuff so yeah that's I, which I think was kind of smart to kind of bring in like you know casual moviegoers and not put them off too much because this movie is not as easy to market as like star wars or something like that obviously yeah 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 no, definitely. So, yeah, that's we'll see. that is interesting. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Good. Um, all right. Now we're in. We can get into the actual episode. Main feature. <laughs> we watched uh, Batman sixty six. It's been like four months since we've gotten back to uh, actually doing the TV shows. I know. I feel like we've been hyping it up for so long. Now. We have no, because we literally did both Long yep. Halloween, Suicide yep. Squad, and the new batman trailer, trailer yeah. all in between doing <laughs> tv shows and uh yeah so the last 66 one we did was marcia queen of diamonds episodes That's and right, yeah. so now we did uh two episodes and it and they are um comeback shame and uh it's how you play the game those are the two back to rhyming the episode. yeah we're back to rhyming the only thing i don't like is that those titles should be the other way around because yeah, you're right. It's how you play the game is from the first episode, but you know they wanted the the bad guy in the name of the first episode, so you know that I that's fair. That. That's fair. Um, yeah, this these are two of my favorite episodes of this show. They are up there for sure. <clears throat> um, I love Shame. This character is one of my favorite villains in this show. Uh, of the secondary villains, he is one of my favorites. It's the great Cliff Robertson. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Who just gives it a hundred and ten percent and knocks it out of the park. Yep. He is phenomenal. I mean, this, you know, I would probably put as my secondary favorite villains. Because you have like, I guess, the four main ones, of course, with Riddler, Catwoman, uh, Penguin and Joker. And then my four secondary favorites would be Minstrel, Shame, Bookworm, and King Tut. Okay. But I put Shame in that group because I think he's fantastic. I mean, he... I you talk about just diving in headlong into the, the, the style of this show. Just the most cliched Western villain you could possibly have coming up with every cliche known to man. Like it is just done so well and to such a level that it is just brilliant to watch. 
Well, not only that, but he's actually a formidable foe for Batman. Like, yeah, he shoots the, Robin. That was the thing that blew me away about this episode. I'm like, okay, I know the whole show is tongue in cheek, and obviously they're not trying to be too dramatic or you know suspenseful, where it's like you think something bad could actually happen. You know, most of the time, the the threat the heroes are facing is they'll get beat up and put in some really unnecessary uh, elaborate death trap, but. Mm-hmm. No, when they show up to the, the, the Western set that one time in the second episode, they just start shooting at them. Like, yeah. Their lives are actually in danger. <laughs> Which is funny because in the first episode when they run into them, they say, nah, that's not very sporting. We can't, can't. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we, we got our asses kicked once. We're not going Which makes that again. sense because then by the end, they're like, ah, screw this. We just got to shoot yeah, them. <laughs> I want you. Yeah. But I, it was so funny. It was like there was there was no type of usual shenanigans. It was No, they're being shot at take cover yeah <laughs> it was like it both was like times. a completely different show both times in the second oh, yeah. episode then the first one robin gets shot I, I know i was blown away by that I'm like no nah, there's gotta be like oh something hit him and ricocheted it was like nope he's got a bullet in his ankle and batman is gonna i mean it. he's fine three minutes later but... yeah that's hilarious but <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he took some out bad assailant that's all he need. did which begs the question why is this not being marketed in the medical community how many lives are you are you letting die from your miracle <laughs> drug batman like selfish prick it's like the resident evil movies where it's like they're all about like we got to weaponize a virus and yet they have they've invented cloning and they're like oh no that's not a big deal we use that to <laughs> test the virus it's like no you can clone human beings <laughs> Yep. Focus on that. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it it's just perfect. It's perfect for this show. Everything about this sh- this episode is just this show at its best. Like yeah. it it is. It it goes all out with the only thing that's a little disappointing is we get no Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara really. You're right, we don't. They're literally yeah. at the beginning like up oh, car thefts above our head. Nope, calling Batman. Then they don't show up till the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought about the, I thought about that too at the very end. I'm like, have they been in this episode? I'm no. like, oh no. That's, that's okay because everything else. But everything yeah, but else like, is so great. I mean, Cliff Robertson just steals this whole thing. Like, he's so good. He's yeah. so good in this. And, uh, we're, we're, all right. I, I want to talk about one of the best death traps scenes. Oh, yeah. The, in, the, in the whole show. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not one of the best death traps, but it's one of the best death Escape. trap scenes yep. of all time. So, they get captured by oh another good thing about this episode the uh the 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 girl hench like hench lady is like actually effective you're right she is yeah like, she ca- like... helps capture them both times like she helps yeah, she's uh, not like a dunce. no she she helps uh with the bruce wayne and car theft and then she actually shoots the the chandelier to chandelier, help yeah. capture batman and robin um could have shot them, but you know, well, we yeah, digress. But, you know, that's that's a different thing. Um, but yeah, so they're captured by Shame and his gang, and and they literally say, "All right, are we just gonna shoot him?" And he's like, "Nah, it's not very sporting. You know, it's perfect because he's a villain." And uh, yeah, so they they tie him to stakes in the ground in the middle of the town, and then are gonna go to the other side of the town and shoot their guns in the air to scare a herd of cattle that will then so trample. Uh, Batman and Robin to death, which, you know, maybe at the time, nobody realized how dangerous it was. But after Lion King, everyone realized how dangerous it was. And, um, oh, stampedes are no joke. Yeah, no, 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 no. Kill you easily. Yeah, yeah, easily. Um, so that's happening. And that's the big tag at the end of the first episode. And it's the big cliffhanger. 
And then, so they start coming towards him. They don't have much time. Robin's freaking out as always. And Batman's like, hey, all this vibration and this of the stampede has loosened one of my stakes. So he's able to get the one stake free, but he doesn't have time to cut anyone else free because here they are. So what he does is he takes off his cape and proceeds to be El Matador and direct them away from Batman and Robin using his cape just slow just yelling toro toro <laughs> as they just run past him and not only that his feet are still stuck to the stake <laughs> yeah. but he's still doing the little feet movements with it <laughs> oh, he's committed <laughs> and robin's sitting there going ole batman ole <laughs> yeah i lost it that oh part. my gosh it's brilliant it's so <laughs> funny the best part is the fact that if he was actually doing that, the whole point of waving your cape is like directing the bull to you and then you move yeah. out of the way. But he can't move. <laughs> but he can't move. So And, and it's what, also one bull. It's not like ten of them. Right, it's, it's not one, a herd. Like, column. Yeah. So not only is what he doing should be attracting the bulls yeah, they to him, <laughs> it's saving them by somehow working. somehow pushing them away <laughs> it's awesome uh, it is one of the best escapes in this whole show and i just die laughing just the whole scene is just perfect you know like for two years now one of the writers has been like all right we got to have a scene where batman takes off his cape and becomes a matador and the other writers are like bro when the hell is that ever gonna happen <laughs> And then, like, they get to this episode, like, oh, we got a bunch of bull, uh, cattle from this one show. I'm like, oh, my God, it's finally happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then we even get a nice little uh, 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 helpful uh, teaching moment when, uh, like when Ro- Robin is like, hey, you were being a, a, a tor- Torador. And he's like, no, actually, it's Matador, Robin. Uh <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. I didn't. I never heard the term Torador before. I guess we're just smarter in this day and age. But, uh, oh man, it, Ian, it, it's one of the greatest things you could ever watch. It, if, if for nothing else, th- these episodes are worth watching just for the escape scene alone. Like, if nothing else happened, it would still be worth watching just for that one scene. Yeah, it's like if you didn't see it happening, you you would not believe. Like, if someone just read the description of of what you just entailed. And people were like, you know, oh, here's yeah. some Batman trivia. Batman once in his many ad- adaptations did this. People would be like, oh, that's got to be false. And then you watch, you're like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, it's up there with, uh, you know, because some of the, cla- obviously, obviously the classic of all classics is the minstrel episode. It just yeah, is. Singing the opposite notes to avoid being <laughs> punctured by the music machine. That has to be the greatest escape probably of all time. Yeah. Um and then you have, you know, the magnifying glass being able to turn it exactly 13 and a half degrees with his foot. Like, there's a bunch of, they're, you know, they're all great. Oh, we've had many. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the bulletproof bottom of their shoes, which uh, clearly was that that Robin one. was not wearing during this episode. Oh, good point. Um, yeah, there, you know, there's tons of just fantastic escapes, but this is right up there with the best of them. Yeah. The, the thing that does it for me is that close up of his feet doing the dancing moves while still tied to the stake. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part. Not only is he doing it, they highlight it. And it's just, oh, it is just like chef's kiss. Just perfect. <laughs> perfect. Oh, man. It is. It is awesome. 
That's that is just great. Uh, uh, we also got to talk about the little kid that they have. Yeah. In this episode. Now, one of, of course, the producers' kids probably. Probably because the kid can't act. Um, or it looks like one of the Howards. <laughs> it does kind of look like one of the Howards. It does. But for those of you that don't get it, uh, Shame is a play on the movie Shane from 1953. Oh, that's what that is. With, uh, oh, shoot, what's, oh, I'm blanking on the actor's name from uh, that movie. That but, it, you know, all, all-time classic Western. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a whole thing with a kid yelling, come back, Shane. Like, that's the whole point of the, you know, that's the big ending of the movie. And so that's that's why they have that kid in there who just is constantly just wandering around Gotham City, just oh, yelling, come back, shame, just the whole time. Which gets a little played out by the end. But yeah, I was going to say they do it a few too many times. Yeah, it's a few too many times, but it's it's just it fits with the show so well where it's just yeah. like I'll allow it. Th- that and then the whole thing with him just showing up the uh, everywhere like at the cattle auction (laughs) like he's just walking around the city and then at the end the whole reason is because he needs his radio back because his mom's gonna whoop him if he loses it uh at this point the mom's probably worried sick that he's been gone for two days wandering around the city but that's not more important the radio is more important so just that whole idea just fits perfectly with the attitude of this show and And so i like i like like the the kids with batman (laughs) Yeah, and anytime Batman inter- interacts with a kid, that's always top tier. Yeah, it's like as much as I'm excited for the Robert Pattinson Batman, I don't foresee any scene like that happening. <laughs> where, where he sets a kid on the right path? No, no. I, I think that might be kind of hard to juxtap- <laughs> juxtapose uh, with him like knocking the teeth out of a criminal. <laughs> oh, kid, man. stay in school. <laughs> as he's putting this guy in a coma. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, the plot of this episode is shame is stealing cars but then abandoning them and just taking parts of the cars to create his own car so batman and robin are trying to figure out why and they think oh he's going to try and enter a race car in the big grand prix or whatever it is with a you know pride for the prize money batman and robin are also really stupid in this movie or in this episode um they don't even know what the real plan is until literally it's already done like they don't even stop it like they can't even figure out till the crime's already being committed yeah Um, yeah because again, I mean, like you said, Shame's like a good villain. Like he's actually he's a formidable really villain for for Batman, and hey, and smart. Yeah, and like Cliff Robertson is like kind of a great foil for Adam West. Whereas you know, as we always talk about, Adam West takes the character one hundred percent seriously. Dude, Cliff Robertson takes this character one hundred percent seriously. Yes, yeah, he does, and that that again, that's what makes it so great. That's the yeah. that's the common thread with the best villains on this show that's what all of them have in common is they go full bore into whatever the ridiculous type of character it is just going 100 percent. and that's why we love the minstrel so much that's why we love bookworm so much that's why we love king tut so much you know because they just they take this absurd i mean even more so i think than the actual than the comic villains because those those have a character and they're still going full out and are perfect but it's almost the the new made up secondary characters is that part's almost more impressive because they don't even have that to fall back of, of oh we're at least like an actual Batman villain. It's like no you're this ridiculous character we just created that makes no sense whatsoever. And they're like all right bet and then they just go full bore into it and it's perfect. Yeah, because we've seen like big name actors who like guests appear on the show as mm-hmm. villains, but Mr. Carney, you know, we are looking at you. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. It's always and, the first one that comes to mind, of course, and uh, or Liberace, you know. Mm, but it's yeah. like, um, 
but yeah, they just kind of phone it in because the whole appeal is then like, oh, it's this big name, you know, actor or whatever, you know, guest appearing and who cares? Oh, it's a famous TV show. I went in on this, but I don't care. Exactly. But now Cliff Robertson, who was a big name at the time, does not Well, not quite. Uh, He was on his way up at the time. He won an Oscar, I think, two years later. That's right. Yeah. But um, but no, it's like he could have just gone that route of like, oh, this is just a something I have to do to cut my teeth before I get to big gigs. But no, dude, he goes all out. And it's great. Oh man, yeah, it, exactly. It, it it's fantastic. All of them are the all the henchmen are good. Yeah, yeah, and, they are. Uh, and and the girl, like they're all they all go for it. And uh, and again, that that's usually the characters you don't really you know they don't they don't really matter that much. And usually they're yeah. not that great. But in this one. Both henchmen have kind of their own kind of thing, and uh, then the girl is really good. So yeah, they're not completely in depth. No, no, yeah, and actually they're pretty good criminals and are confounding Batman pretty much the whole time. Oh yeah, and like I said, like they pull off their big heist before Batman can get there to stop them. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and their whole plan is actually they're gonna make this tr- truck super supercharged where it can go 300 miles an hour an hour in the Batmobile and be able to herd or uh, to carry these four Angus cows, black Angus cows that are worth like $300,000 a piece. Yeah. So we that, never see the, we, we never see the truck in action, right? No, we don't. They, they were, that was the only kind of weird part was like, you <laughs> kept building up this massive thing. I guess they ran out of budget on those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they did. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I guarantee you. Cause they probably had this whole like big climactic showdown of like some cool race between like the truck and the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right guys, we kind of blew it with that matador sequence. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the one drawback is they do kind of set up this big Batmobile versus this truck and then it never yeah. happens. So, ah. Uh. Hey, that is a little disappointing, but but the big shoot at the end is so great that it, oh, that's good it doesn't too. even matter. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of the whole thing. They're, they're trying to figure it out. They end up stealing the the cows, and then we get this great scene where <laughs> Batman and Robin are trying to figure out where they're going. Or no, no, no. This happens before when Batman when when they. Uh, Escape from them. Shoot, what? When? When was it? Now I'm confused. After you mean like after Robin gets shot? No, no, no. Before that. The... Before that. Oh. When? Uh, at some point. Oh no. When they go to. Uh, uh, they they find the abandoned car, Bruce Wayne's car that was stolen. Yes. 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 Which I want to come back and talk about that scene too. And um, they put together that this car was like. Oh, they they found like the the. The guacamole dip. Yeah, or they whatever. found like specks of food. Yeah, on and it. so they're like, oh, what serves at this place? So they know that that's where their hideout is. And then, but they've already left. <clears throat> and Batman is like, I know where they're they're they've gone back to uh, the uh, you know their their previous hideout. And Robin's like, well, why would we, they go back there? We already know that that was their hideout. And he's like, yeah, but they'll think that we already know that. And then so they'll go back there thinking we won't think to go back there. And he's like, all right. And then it turns out that not only did they go back there, but shame already knew that they were going to know to go back there. And I think <laughs> here's the quote. Uh, he he says, I knew he'd think I'd think he'd think I'd think he'd come back here. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, is just this show at its best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, that's when they just are like, well, we can't put them in a death trap. Let's just start blasting them. 
and uh, he shoots Robin. Works. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they have to abandon the chase and go back to proper medical attention. You know, and then that's when we have the bat cillin. That's just a magical elixir that just heals bullet wounds immediately. I guess so. And, um, <laughs> uh, but then the second time, uh, you know what? We'll talk about the end in a second. I want to go back because we forgot to talk about the lingerie scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman and Robin know that he's stealing cars. So they want they're going to spring a trap for him. And uh they're going to, you know, Bruce Wayne is going to put out a radio announcement saying his car, this super special car with all these pieces that they're going to need is going to be shown and whatever. So to try and lure the, the criminals in. And so they're out running errands for Aunt Harriet. And one of them is to pick up lingerie for her. That's horrifying. <laughs> and they're just in the store, just completely off, just off put by the whole thing and it's great because they're so embarrassed by being there it's just uh, th- that's really all i want to talk about that because it was just it was so funny yeah it's never a scenario you imagine happening in the show where batman and robin have to buy lingerie for freaking aunt harriet of all people i know just the most like conservative woman ever i know just absolutely terrifying and then of course the the girl what is her name missy or messy uh, no, uh, no no it's a- okie a- annie. Uh, annie yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and uh she she comes in just fully armed with yeah, guns yeah, what the heck <laughs> into this lingerie store nobody bats an eye no. and, and then she just helps them out so they they give her a ride and then of course it turns into an ambush and the, their car gets stolen but that was all part of the plan because batman had the bat cycle. No, no, no. What did he say? The was on the wheels. He coated the wheels with like an infrared dust. Infrared dust. But they didn't. But he made it seem like just the wheels would be seen. They they never talked about it leaving a trail or anything. That's a good point. So I'm like, well, that doesn't help you, man. Like you know what your car looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the point though, and just somehow that got missed in the script. Probably. Uh, miswritten somehow um, but I did think that was pretty funny yeah and then the yeah. bat cycle just shows up remotely and then uh, we get another Alfred cycle yeah. we get another Alf just, cycle right, here you go Alfred right, yeah here you go, go pedal away own. we're in the middle of nowhere good luck we'll see you in a week and a half well they did say the bat cave was only a mile away oh they did you're right you're right yeah. they did they did no 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 they said one of the yeah they, they said one of the entrances to the bat cave Fair yeah. Was, was yeah it was close um, but yeah that whole part was great uh, but yeah, so, so, okay, let, let's, we can go back to the, we got to talk about the, the ending scene. Cause that's another or, one or, of the, no, oh, what we got to talk about uh, the one scene where it's not th- that big a deal, but of course, you know, when we have the cameo, which I have no idea who the cameo was. Oh no. I uh, yeah, no, I do. That's uh, oh. the bad guy from Hogan's heroes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. The, okay. No, no, no. Okay. But no, we do need to talk about this cause it's, it's, it's Colonel Clink from Hogan's heroes. However, oh, I didn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the bad guy. And now, but but when you think about this, why? Th- this is a Nazi war criminal. Yeah. And and this is in the 60s. Yeah, that was what threw me off. World War II is not happening. And he's a Nazi. Yeah, like, if he's hiding out, he would go to Argentina. I don't think he'd go to Gotham. Like, and... I know the show was popular at the time. Sure. B- but. Yeah. That, what? That was what threw me <laughs> off. Because I was like, 
I know that's Colonel Kink, but or Clink, but this can't be like there must be some other role they're referring to. No, no, it's it's Colonel Clink. Yeah, yeah, because that that threw me off. I'm like, okay, I get Green Hornet, I get plenty of the other cameos. I don't know how you work in Hogan's <laughs> Heroes to to freaking Batman, but uh, no, they they well, you don't, but they but did. No, the, the, the only other thing I liked about the scene is, you know, of course we get our classic, you know, scaling at the building and then they go up to where the auction is being held for the cattle mm-hmm. and like Shane and all of them have already been there. And the one guard is like freaking out. <laughs> I, I just love how Batman's like, they've already been here, Robin. Let's go back down. <laughs> they just immediately go back down. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. And then, so, but then they're down and they're trying to figure out where they're going to go, like yeah. where they went. And there's a great moment when they're like, all right, so where would they go? All right, so they would want to go this, this to the, uh, and then Batman's like, they would go to. Oh, what does he say? He says they would go to the. Uh, uh, I like the like stockyard. Is that what he says? Like they go to the stockyard, and and they're just going. And Robin's just the whole time going like, right, right, and he's like, they go to the stockyard, and he just goes wrong. And he goes, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you get a moment when Robin corrects Batman. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And Batman's thrown off by that, which is great. And um, then he's like, no, and, and Robin gives some explanation. I still don't know what he was talking about. But for yeah, some yeah, reason, yeah. he's like, no, it would be at the corral. It's like, all right, fine. So we got to go to the KO corral. <laughs> and um, then we have one of the best ending scenes also. So we have one of the best, de- you know, death trap scenes. And then one of the best ending scenes, because they know they hear the Batmobile, uh, Shame and his his goons. So they all get ready. They line up. They surround the area. Here comes Batman and Rum just walking straight down the middle of the street, unarmed, <laughs> just right down the middle of the street with all these guys with guns. And Shame comes out. And we get the classic standoff. And of course, they show the clock and it's noon. Um, again, they cover oh. all the bases. Oh, yeah. And uh, is there a tumbleweed? I don't remember seeing a tumbleweed. I don't remember seeing a tumbleweed, but I'm sure there probably was one. And so they're sitting there and Shane's like, well, you guys are done. You know, town ain't big enough for the two of us. (laughs) You're covered on all sides. And uh, because all of the goons are all around him and pointing guns. And Batman's like, used car salesman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The the that guy, uh, laughing Leo, is the used the evil used car salesman who uh, is actually the mayor from the movie. Oh, who's playing Tiddlywinks? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's actually the same guy. So he 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 came back. Um, Nice. And uh, so yeah, so Robin and Batman they 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 don't have guns. They're surrounded by a bunch of guys with guns, and Batman just goes, uh, "Robin, follow my lead." And he throws a smoke bomb down and then they <laughs> duck and they just unload right on them and just completely can't hit anything because the smoke's in the way. This is bulletproof smoke, Ian, that can totally protect Batman and Robin from all all uh, methods of gunfire. And then we have one of the best lines ever when Batman is say, is sitting there and he just goes, Robin, if there are nine guns, six bullets each, how many bullets is that? And Robin's like, well, it's 54. It's like, I've counted 53. And then you hear one more. It's like, all right, they're out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I love this on so many levels, Ian. Like, just, just anyway, just the thought of Batman being able to count a barrage of bullets. Yeah, on top of each other. While sitting there covered by bulletproof smoke that for some reason prevents them from getting hit. 
is already good enough. But the fact that it's implied that he can count bullets that are shooting, but he can't multiply nine times six That's is the best point. part of that whole thing. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he has to ask Robin what nine times six is. Oh, maybe maybe he knows and he's kind of patronizing Robin a little bit. Like, all right, all right, kid, you need to you need to maybe, but that's not help. nearly as fun to think about. No, I agree. I like oh, your version. It's so funny. Oh, great! Just this show. I'm telling you, this is when the show is the best. It's just the more over the top you can go while taking it seriously yes. is the best thing for this show. And the fact yeah, that's that a perfect way to put it. I mean, they're just sitting there and he's counting. 54 shots and that's how he knows they're out of bullets and they don't have any reload or anything just they're out and now we have to punch them like it's just (laughs) it's awesome it's fantastic it's it is one of the better big ending fights for sure and uh including the fact of robin riding one of them like a horse Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, wee, yippee, wee, ha! Oh man, for like for like a minute straight, like it just yeah. keeps going on. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I don't I don't know why, but the beginning of the fight, right then, you know, as soon as the smoke clears, I don't know why, but freaking Robin's stunt double is so obvious, more so than usual. His hairline is like <laughs> at the top of his head. It's like most of the time, it's pretty good. Like you can't I didn't really even notice Burt Ward. Yeah, but this one, I was like, that is not even remotely Burt Ward, and. I don't know why it was so obvious this time. Also, he doesn't usually have a stunt double. That's what I was saying. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's part of the funny behind the scenes stories yeah, about the show. There's no choreography. They're just it's like, grabbing anything breakable and just wailing on each other. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. But I just love, love the behind the scenes stuff of Burt Ward being like, yeah, no, they literally just killed me on this set. Like, <laughs> he didn't have a stunt double most time. He's like, and they'd bring in a stunt double for Adam West, and they'd be like, oh, yeah. no, we can't use a stunt double because, like, your face is shown. Yeah. <laughs> so then they would just proceed to kill him. Like, he went to the emergency room, like, every week with I injuries. <laughs> it's so funny. You need to watch some interviews with him talking about because it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of, like, uh, interviews with Burt Ward about the Rollins. Like, there's some crazy stuff that they, like, they, they literally tried to, apparently, his, his uh, package was too big for, yeah. you know, <laughs> TV back then, so they literally wanted him to take pills to shrink his, his yep. genitals. Yep, yep, yep. Like, no! So <laughs> here, kid, you, you'll probably get cancer and die, but <laughs> it'll be worth it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That, that, oh yeah, all that stuff is just fascinating with the way Burt oh. Ward was treated on this show. One other thing I forgot to mention, another reason that Shame is actually like a legit imposing villain is, um, when I guess when he finds out that Batman and Robin didn't die, yeah, he freaking trashes the room like, yeah, like he gets like legit angry. Whereas usually, like when the villains like they find out their plan doesn't work, they do the classic like, oh, darn it, or you know, I'll, I'll come up with a new <laughs> way. But no, he freaking goes all out, and you're like, what show am I watching again? Yeah, and they're like scared of him. Yeah, yeah, felt like freaking Kingpin, like having a rager. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it's great. Yeah, that that's a good point. I forgot about that. That is a great moment. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. But yeah, uh, yeah, th- this is this is just great. Th- this is just one of the it's one of the better episodes for sure. It's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Always has. I really been. enjoyed it. Shame is one of my favorite villains. I, I he does come back for Ooh, good. Uh, some episodes, I think, in season three. Damn, I believe so. Yeah, not for a little while, but um, he is in two more episodes. So that's oh, cool. That is going to be fun. That's going to be fun to see, but 
Yeah, Shame is just, he's great. Cliff Robertson is awesome. Just goes yeah. full out. Just absolutely knocks it out of the park. You know, of course, for those of you that don't know, it was Uncle Ben in the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Just an absolute treasure. Oh, God. Love and, him. yeah, R.I.P. Passed away, I don't know what, 10 years ago, maybe? God, seven, that long. Five, I don't remember. Is you know, it was, it was a little while ago. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, for sure. Just an all time great and great episodes to watch. So definitely highly recommend these episodes. Come back shame. And, uh, it's how you play the game. Uh, these episodes aired on November 30th, 1966 and December 1st, 1966. Um, and they have decent ratings. There's 7.3 on IMDb for both of them. Which uh, should be way higher. I, I agree. I agree. Def, but we, we think about that with most of our favorite episodes from the show. That's I don't true. think most of our favorite episodes get the love that they should. No, they uh, like the commercially the like marketable ones like the. I mean, which the is big, fine. And most of those are yeah. great, too. But yeah. I mean, these are these are right up there, right up there with with my you know top episodes for sure. And oh, yeah. it is maybe my favorite of the season so far. Yeah, they're uh just fantastic fantastic so make sure and go and check those out i mean this is just if if these episodes just cram basically everything that's great about this show all into the the you know these episodes like yep. there's almost every, the only thing is uh commissioner gordon and chief o'hara like some of their right. stuff isn't in here that's about it but as far as everything else the staples of this show the ridiculous death trap escapes the over the top but given it given it they're all villain uh, you know, the, you know, ridiculous magic potion healing, uh, just every, it just has everything you would possibly <laughs> want in, uh, in, in this, in these episodes for sure. So highly, highly recommend it. Um, all right. The next, um, we'll be back in the animated series for, yes. uh, for next week. Have no idea where we're at. With, yeah, it'll uh, take too long to look up <laughs> with that one. Yeah, but uh, we're back in the animated series for three more episodes. Um, so, yeah, make sure and come back for that. But uh, when we're back in um, the 66 show, unfortunately, it, you know, they, they they can't all be quite as good as 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 these. Of course not. But uh, we, we get the penguin. We get the penguin next. Oh, OK, that's so. something. Yeah, yeah, so we got the the penguin's nest and the bird's last jest, and we're back to rhyming too. Oh, so nice. uh, that's that's always fun. And then after that, we're back to Catwoman. Oh, that's always good for after that. So uh, yeah, we got a couple a couple of a uh, couple of solid episodes coming up for uh, sixty six for sure. We're back in the uh, animated show, which is yeah, like you said, always annoying to look up because it's never yeah, in the right order. Now just we'll we'll announce it when we do the episode. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all I pretty much all I got here. You you have any uh, other things you want to talk about? Any final things about the episode or anything? No, no, just yeah, love love Cliff Robertson, man. Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. he's, he's a goat. He is fantastic. All right, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Uncaped Review. Um, I post all the episode links and other random pop culture and superhero stuff. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand. You can follow me at Ian Park Park. Go ahead and do that as well. And uh, yeah, that pretty much does it for this episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. And hopefully we'll have the next one out, you know, before a month, like we've Sooner, been for yeah. some of the last ones. But, you know, we'll see. Just 
keep keep an eye on the Twitter account. We'll we'll post updates with that. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Yeah.